0: The show you're about to hear is a member of the Planes Talkers Podcast Network. To find out more, go to planestalkerspodcast.com. Plenty of decks don't get to
1: draw three cards for one mana.
0: Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Was without a doubt the best deck I've ever drafted because I drafted a deck with a plan. Yep. I've never done it before. X Force Wills, Four Wastelands. Right. I run 14 lands. <laughs> I am Jake and I'm Matt and we are Cantrip Cartel. We're proud members of the Talkers podcasting network and we're here to talk magic. Matt, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm doing well. Again, typical Tuesday. I've got the day off. Our refrigerator crapped out last week on us. So we got our new refrigerator today. Isn't being a
0: homeowner great?
1: Yeah, it's cool. So you just buy a house and then when stuff breaks, it's not your landlord's problem. It's your problem.
0: We had a similar thing where like three months after we moved in. Our AC took a poop. Yeah. It was like, how much is it going to cost? $4,000? Yeah. Run my credit card. Yep. Here you go. Because it's summer. Yeah. It's 100 degrees outside. And you're sitting here being like, how much is a fridge? Two grand? Cool. Well, I like having food. Yep. Yeah. Well, we got a little lucky, too. Uh, the
1: previous owners of the house had left a spare refrigerator in the garage. Mm-hmm. We live in the Midwest, and that's very common. Very common. Uh, I hadn't been using it. Just, I just didn't feel it was necessary. But it still worked. Then it was necessary. (laughs) Yeah, then our main refrigerator stopped working, and all of a sudden, we've got a backup. So that was really cool. So yeah, we got that up and going.
0: Just proof that good things happen to bad people.
1: Yep. Other than that, I've just been playing more Final Fantasy XI, gearing up a job called Red Mage. So just been playing that, grinding. I just got my Ambuscade weapon, which if anybody plays Final Fantasy XI, they'd know what that is. But it's a very good, it's like one of the fourth, it's probably like the fourth best weapon like, one-handed sword for Red maids. So, I mean, it's not, like, the end-all, be-all. But it does a very cool thing. It makes one weapon skill do a lot of damage.
0: Cool. Yeah.
1: Talk about horses. My nerd shit's way cooler than horses.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna (laughs) knock on you for having fun playing the game you like to play. So, yeah,
1: that's... I just been... The the cool thing about, like, the way the game is structured now is way back in the day, like, if you are playing it in 2004, 2006, something like that, you would spend hundreds of hours just trying to level up. That is all... I shouldn't say it's all gone, but um, I had actually power leveled a buddy of mine. His character took me three levels to power level him to max level, mm. like three hours. I should say. Yeah, that's um, efficient. Granted, that's that doesn't get everything involved with the character, but like that one aspect of the game, which used to be a huge chunk of the game, has now been dramatically reduced. So you can get into more of the meat of the game, uh, and that's basically what I've been doing. I mostly play solo, so I'm I'm. Trying to find as much content as I can to do by myself.
0: Gotcha. That's the games I play, I mostly play solo now. Just easier. It's hard to it's hard to wrangle friends when you're a grown up. Like getting multiple people online.
1: It is it's a pain, especially when you play the games I play. Like like if I was like, Hey Jake, let's play Battlefield, you'd be like, Yes. Yeah. If I'm like, hey, Jake, let's play this, you know,
0: 20 year old RPG that has a subscription fee still. Even even beyond it being like an older RPG style, just playing MMORPGs is hard because you don't get to play when your friends aren't there because then you out level them or you play a separate character and i I mean you play the game a bunch extra it's it just adds extra layers to it where you don't like I can just hop on and play as much battlefield as I want, and then you can hop on and there's no difference between it's like, oh yeah, I'm level a hundred, I have more scopes for my guns, yeah, but you know if you're a level fifty mage and I'm a level four mage, I mean we can hang out together, but we're not accomplishing anything for you, so I will
1: give Final Fantasy eleven. 11- the credit it deserves in that particular regard. It was the first game, as far as I know, it was literally the first game to come up with what's called level sync. And it's if I'm level ninety and you're level twenty, we get in a party and I level sync down to your level, and the the rest of the game treats me as level twenty. That's and it really was good. The first game to do that.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a, that isn't even like that isn't even a guaranteed thing today where right. it, yeah, that, where you can play with people at different levels. Well, and what we're talking about is
1: when we were playing Burning Crusade together, mm-hmm. and then like. You and I would play together. And then if I wanted to play while you weren't on, I had to go yeah. do another character because if I'm out there completing the stuff that you and I are working on, then I'm a higher level than you. That affects your literal experience you get from yep. enemies. And it causes a bunch of problems yep. if we're not the same level The game
0: is prepared to stop you from rolling around level ninety nine right. and me at level five.
1: Correct. Whereas Final Fantasy Eleven actually actively That's cool. encourages that.
0: That's really cool, actually. Yeah.
1: Now other games have adopted
0: that, that kind of they They all do it slightly different or whatever It's a relatively common thing now. The idea that, yeah, when you play with someone of a much lower level, like it the game kind of meets you in the it, it brings someone to the next to the to the same level. so you guys yeah. can at least play together. Obviously, I you know, if you're a way higher level, we can't work on your end game stuff, but Correct. the game is still fun. You don't have to maintain two separate characters, yep. yeah. So, that's good. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good. That, that's a really cool thing, and I'm not surprised to see it come from Final Fantasy, like as like an original person. Yeah, and I mean it's that.
1: it's made by Square Enix. They're one of the biggest gaming companies in the world. Yep. I don't know. And Final Fantasy be,
0: is an amazing. Yeah, one of the biggest series genre. in the world. I so, as for me, yeah. How about you, Jake? I didn't do much this week. We are right in the middle of Christmas rush. I work for a delivery company, so as you can imagine, it's been bananas. It's been very busy. Been very busy. Uh, I did get to do a little bit of magic last week. I. Hopped on and tried out the MH2 drafts because there's a chance to pull a ragavan and you know if I can pull a hundred dollar card out of a draft, we'll give it a shot. Yep. I'm not very good at drafting. I do listen to um the limited resources podcast about every week with mm-hmm. LSV, and they talk about, you know, drafting of all kinds. And this is definitely without a doubt the deck I drafted was without a doubt the best deck I've ever drafted because I drafted a deck with a plan. Yep. I've never done it before. So I drafted a really cool like plus one plus one counter uh, slash squirrel based deck, mm-hmm. and uh, proceeded to get my ass handed to me. I went a solid o six, <laughs> got the o three o six, oh, and nice. scrubbed out of Perfect the draft. <laughs> yep, I uh, was very consistent. I had a lot of games. I mean, most of my games, my deck did its thing really well. It just I just got overpowered and. I just I scrubbed out with, um just probably should have made some better draft decisions, but I sit here and I will absolutely say, I don't like drafting. I recognize that drafting is one of the most popular ways Magic is played, and there are people that are very good at it, and uh, I don't like it, and I'm bad at it. And those two things work together to make an unfun experience.
1: The, you should have been able to draft the Earl of Squirrel if we're going to ruin constructed formats we might as well let yeah, I mean, the unsets ruin limited formats borderline too and put playable. the earl of squirrel in yeah. your squirrel deck and give all your squirrels yep. yeah. that probably could have
0: wheeled to me i mean there <laughs> well, was there was a lot well, of open the, lanes in the squirrels what you
1: were missing was a bomb
0: yeah i need <laughs> a good needed bomb you a bomb
1: and the earl of squirrel is exactly the bomb your deck needed
0: but after getting my butt just handed to me playing draft i went ahead and hopped on uh rented some cards from mana traders for Hashtag not sponsored, but man traders, please sponsor us. (laughs) Rented some cards for the for basically my reanimator deck, my modern reanimator deck, and I went and just played around in the free queue and went like then I went like 6-0. Yep. (laughs) That I at least creamed
1: suck at magic. Yeah, I'm not terrible at magic.
0: I'm terrible at drafting. And drafting is hard and I'm bad at it. I'm not terrible at magic. Yeah, we are solidly
1: mediocre at magic.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty good at constructed. But I'm really bad at limited, and yep. they middle out to being a average at best player. Yep. Got to get those C's, son. Yep. C's to get degrees. C's earn degrees. <laughs> All right. But that's basically my week. I, I didn't do a whole lot this week other than work. So before we hop into our legacy meta this week, I want to give a shout out, as I do every week, to our mothership show, the Plain Soccer's podcast. They are an excellent uh, commander and standard-based podcast. They focus mostly on standard, but they do a lot of commander as well. Will and Aramis do a wonderful job of putting together a wonderful product every Monday at twitch.tv forward slash sockers podcast. They stream their show, so if you want to watch it live, you can. And then you can also check it out on pretty much every podcatcher on Wednesdays. If you're listening to us, you're probably on a website that has the Soccer's podcast. Something that I don't talk about enough with them is the amount of free tournaments Will and Aramis put on, and they run it through their Discord, discord discord.playingsoccerspodcast.com, and they do it. They do these tournaments every time a new set comes out, and sometimes just in the middle, where they literally give away a box. And these Uh, are
1: typically speaking arena tournaments,
0: right? Usually, do they almost always do it on arena? And there have been some discussions of maybe changing because there's some iffy stuff going on with arena right right now in Alchemy. But you know, this is a chance for people to, if you hop on the Discord and when these new sets come out, obviously they're not in one right now. But for free, enter into a tournament that you have a chance to win, mailed to you, a sealed box. Usually, I think it's a a set booster box of the new product. So, for example, when Kamigawa and Neon Destiny comes out, they'll be hosting a tournament. They'll have, uh, usually it's up to, I think, 32, maybe 64 players. And after what is usually three or four weeks of kind of a very loosey-goosey tournament structure, where you just play each other, someone gets a box mailed to them.
1: Yeah, the last one... That I saw you participate in was a no ban list standard. That was a pretty fun. That one. was
0: that looked really cool. Yeah, back before rotation, we did a no ban list. Uh, what would happen if Oko was unbanned? Yeah, it was Oko and yep. one spawn a Time. And very recently for Crimson Vow, we did a Historic Brawl. Mm-hmm. So it was basically um, legacy or not like uh, commander decks yeah. on Arena, but we did Historic or sorry, we did Legendary Commander Historic Brawl. And so Will went in and made a list of all the legendaries that were available, and once a legendary creature was taken no one else could play it so there was one teferi deck there was one sliver deck there was one there was only one of each There was only one Kinnan deck so it was pretty cool to have like you know uh, and patrons got to come in a little early and get their their deck they wanted reserved early but it, they do a lot of really fun stuff they don't just always just throw us at like oh play the meta they usually try and make it really interesting and we do a lot of artisan too to help you know soften the wallet yeah because sometimes you can't afford a tier meta deck yep but before i ramble too much farther I just want to recommend them. Great show. Great product. Check them out on Twitch or Discord. And if you're on their Discord, check out our channel. Yeah, absolutely. Come chat with us. Yeah. Well, other than that, Matt, how's Legacy looking?
1: Not great. (laughs) Um... (laughs) (laughs) So if anyone, we've said this, I almost say this probably every episode now. You can't take one tournament's results. And extrapolate an entire metagame.
0: Problem is, we've been saying that the for the last is three months. we've been saying that
1: for the last three months, and I think I could be wrong, but if I'm remembering correctly, this is the worst showing for diversity of a top eight that I've seen since we started the podcast.
0: I think it's funny because last week we literally went on a rant about how, like, at least the top eight was really diverse. In the last couple of weeks, the top eights have been reversed. The meta around them has not been. Yeah, but the top, like, the top eights have been kind of all over the place. Not this week. So there'll they'll be
1: something we'll get into, but I'm pretty sure uh, Delver players figured out a, a card to add to their deck to maybe counter some of the Delver hate. You think so? Yeah, I think it's called Delver of Secrets. Oh! <laughs> Just put a couple more back in, and they're doing a little bit better now.
0: Turns out going turn one threat, turn two threat threat. Yeah,
1: is you know still very good. Winning this week's challenge, I say challenge because once again, Saturday did not fire. Yep. Uh, we've got Trinco Tech playing Elves. This one is actually this is about as spicy as Elves gets. That's still what I would consider like the main deck. It actually cut Quarian Ranger in order to put an Elvish Reclaimer as opposed to the Nettle Sentinels.
0: That's a very powerful card to cut. It is
1: that I was legitimately surprised, and for a couple reasons. Not only is Quarian Ranger one of your best accelerators when you combine it with like Dryad Arbor and whatnot, it also Really helps protect your lands against wasteland. Yeah, and I mean it does multiple things. The, the card's amazing. So to see him cut that, I was—I don't want to say shocked because I mean you got a elvish reclaimer. Seems to be it's got legs. Obviously, it's doing very well. It's a huge shake. It's of A very the deck, powerful though. card. But yeah, cutting that. Um, the other thing to keep in mind here: uh, it's splashing white for Archon of Valor's Reach, and has two swords to plowshares and a rest in peace in the sideboard. Like the swords, I mean. What's that in there for?
0: <laughs> oh, it's, there's this uh there's this delving creature that it's blue blue and it is a like a seven seven eight eight flyer. Yeah. So
1: you've got swords, assassin's
0: trophy, and endurance in the sideboard. <laughs> I like seeing the rest in peace. Yeah. Like this I mean
1: Well, it's gotta you that's the thing is they cut out a lot of their like hard answers for reanimator, mm-hmm. which is typically speaking ley line of the void.
0: Yeah, there's there no go. ley lines. Correct. I'm disappointed actually. So as we've
1: discussed a couple times, endurance is better against most other decks, but it's far weaker against uh, reanimator. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got one rest in Peace is a little bit of an out there. So I was just excited to see a little bit of spice from elves. Uh, this, this
0: is a very, this is a really different take on a, on an elves list. You yep. know, very very common. You see, elvish reclaimer and nettle sentinel fighting for the same spot. Quarian ranger almost never comes out, and for good reason. The yeah. card's crazy. So yep. to see them. Obviously, a ton of work went in uh, by Trinkotech to get this list boiled down to what it is, but it's an interesting way to attack the Elf deck of shaking up the idea that nothing is sacred and you know anything is liable to be cut for these powerful cards.
1: Uh, he also only has three Nettle Sentinels and three Heritage Troops. so he's dialed back the explosiveness with like a like a turn two glimpse is going to be very hard to do this deck. Mm-hmm. That's one of like when I'm thinking of trying to do a turn two glimpse, I'm to go turn one. Uh, Green Sun Zenas for Dryad Arbor, turn two, you get that Quarian Ranger out, and that lets you get go. Del- and so, like, losing those two, it's going to drastically cut down your turn two wins. Obviously, that didn't seem to hinder him. <laughs> nope. So. Brought it home. Brought it home. So, congratulations. Yay, elves. <laughs> uh, in second place, far less interesting, uh, Blue Red
0: Delver. <laughs> what do you mean? Blue Red Delver's <laughs> This awesome. is one
1: of the two, d- This he's got the secret tech of Delver of Secrets.
0: Mm-hmm. Two Delver and two, two the main. Gutshot. Two Gutshot. I called Gutshot as soon as I Dragon Van, man.
1: Yep. Uh, Mishra's Bobble. Some of them run them. Some of them don't. Just kind of helps you get your DRCs going a little.
0: Huge, huge help for DRC. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just the, how powerful a card like Mishra's Bobble is with DRC where you get to scry one or you get to surveil one and then almost always use the Mishra's Bobble itself to turn it on. Here. Because realistically, without Mishra's Bobble, it's kind of hard to turn DRC on. Usually it involves throwing a creature in the yard because you got land, instant, and sorcery. Those are the yep. easy ones. And a lot of times you don't want to throw your creatures in the yard. You want to kill your opponent with them. Yep. And so,
1: and one of the way Jeskai, one of the ways Jeskai got around that was was with Urza Saga. So you get that enchantment land, instant sorcery. So without running Urza Saga, you got to have you know, unless you're planning on your creatures being dead, which is fair. But did
0: you see the uh, power crapped uh, Blazing Volley in the side?
1: I did. End of festivities. I'm happy yep. to see Elves uh, still one over top of that. Yep. Now again. Typically speaking, Elves is favored quite a bit. Not quite a bit, because Blue, Red, and Elver are still a very good deck. Yeah. It's not super lopsided, but usually it's favored in Elves. It's favored for Elves.
0: Realistically, Shepard is one of the biggest pickups for you guys yeah, that, where you can just slam your four mana enchantment, or sorry, your four mana sorcery to win the game a right. lot of times.
1: Yep. It it basically forces your opponent to have two answers. You have to answer Allosaurus Shepard and then have and a counter. answer Natural order.
0: For reference, and the festivities is a Crimson Vow sorcery for one red. And the Festivities deals one damage to each opponent and each creature and planeswalker they control. Blazing Volley was the same card, it just didn't hit planeswalkers. So literally just a better version of an already an existing card that does a great job against things like death and taxes, things like elves, um, basically anything go wide.
1: Now I know that a lot of these cards aren't necessarily specifically for elves. Obviously, you'd have to, to talk to this guy to know exactly what he brings in in each matchup. But you've got End of Festivities, Graph Diggers, Cage, Toper Orb, Force of Negations, Narset, and potentially even Submerge to bring in against Elves. Yeah. The Elves guy still won.
0: So yeah. Like realistically, only one of these cards is here, probably four Elves, and that's End of Festivities. Right. But you do have a lot of splash damage where, like, Torpor Orb is great against Elves and most decks. Uh, Narset Narset's is great against. a
1: beating. I hate. Any of that, you can only draw one card a turn. Doesn't matter which version of that yeah. is, is very good against.
0: So a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of sideboard options to bring in for that matchup. I'm sure it's not an accident, but I, you know, probably only one of them is like straightly for elves. Not but
1: to mention two mainboard gutshot. Mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting that like you look at this and you you know you look at you can name off the five or six legitimate elf hate cards, and he still puts in another one. Yeah.
1: Uh, in third place we've got Reanimator. Let's see here. It's only got it's got one Archon of Cruelty, one Sarah's emissary. Uh, to Grief. Yep.
0: So we're running the six, basically six unmasks. Yep, six unmasks. Uh, I always like looking at the sideboard for these. Um, The, the, the main boards look to be pretty stock usually. Yep. Wear and tear. The Serenity's back. We're running Serenity's in this one again. We've got um the Archetype of Endurance again over the Inkwell Leviathan, which is still a weird choice to me, but I guess a 6-5 with Hexproof is better than a seven eleven with Shroud. And I own a Shield of Emeria. Like, I... I think every random area deck should be running Iona because you just get free win. Oh yeah, over Grizzlebrand. It's just yeah. a better option over Grizzlebrand sometimes. Other than that, okay. taking a taking a cursory look at this deck, I don't see anything crazy. I don't remember if we saw them last week or not, but I don't see um any chrome moxes. And that's
1: I noticed that too they they weren't running them last week.
0: I just okay, so I just know that noticed that this week they were not we're not not running chrome moxes and I'm guessing the griefs took the spot of the two chrome moxes, which makes sense. Like it's better to clear the way than to do that little bit of extra acceleration, and they really fight for the same spot where Chromox comes down and is making you discard a card and grief is making you also exile a card. like it it makes sense to not run both of those to be fighting for that the the You'd, we'd the have cards some really hand.
1: bad opening hands if you had exactly
0: yeah. trying to figure out which one you keep what are you pitching to, but it's interesting to go down on man acceleration and go up on hand disruption.
1: following that up in fourth place, we've got elves again.
0: Hey, yep. look at that. Another little green elf deck.
1: Having a good matchup
0: against clearly the best deck in the format is paying off for us long-time elves players. Matt, you don't know it's the best deck in the format. It hasn't even been dominating top eights lately. Correct.
1: <laughs> uh, this one looks pretty straightforward. One Birchlore Rangers. I know we're kind of getting into the weeds with elves, but this is, I mean, it's, it's my deck. Typically speaking, you'd have two Birchlor Rangers.
0: One Crop Rot uh, in the main. One
1: Crop Rot. That's where that card goes. So you cut a birch lure and you bring in a crop rotation.
0: Just get those guys cradles up more often. Yep. And it just makes you a little bit more explosive. This is the sideboard I expect I to mean, see. This,
1: uh, other than the force of vigor, typically speaking, those two would be a little different for me. But I mean, Jake can look at this. This That's basically what I yep. took to Ohio.
0: Yep. Four ley line, four trophy, four thought seas, Two, this is force of vigor for some flex slots, which that's going to be hitting your uh, your main deck hate. So, Yeah things are not main decade. What I mean, that's like graph cage. Yeah. That, that. Um. Yep. Something like that. Yep. And then I, progenitus. I usually run five either abrupt decays or assassin's it, trophies. And it, ha- it does have really, I mean, if you get into grindy game, we've talked about elves is a good grindy deck. It's a beating against Urza sagas. Yeah. Being able yeah, to kn- a- knock out two tokens for the price of a generic elf or to knock out an Urza saga and mm-hmm. a generic artifact.
1: Yep. Absolutely. This list is very similar to what I run. Uh, oh, well I was, I hadn't caught it, I was gonna say I usually have five uh Assassin's Trophy effects and then a collector oaf in the spot of those two force of vigors. The collector he's got the collector oaf in the main. Uh let's see. Next up we've got fifth place um uh, sauce. Hey, here's McWin sauce. Trying to shout out the guys we did you uh, imagine. Recognize.
0: Could you imagine just being in the top eight every week? Must be nice. Man, that guy's good.
1: Uh he's playing blue, Green Sun, Zenith with Yorion. hmm I don't know.
0: That deck name is a mouthful. So. It Sure is. Uh well, this is that, like, this is meat pie. Yeah, this is meat pie. One Let's Plague see. Engineer in the main. Ugh. That's hilarious. Filthy animals. <laughs> Get the shit out of here. <laughs> elves put two lists in the top eight. What do you expect?
1: I mean, we always joke around about it. Like, if you're playing this deck and you expect Blue, Red, Delver to be everywhere, you would kind of expect elves to be, like, capitalizing on that. Mm-hmm. So if you expect elves to be a popular deck. What do you need to do?
0: I'm an out to elves. Yep. So looking at the spells of this, uh, pretty common to see four Brainstorm, four Ponder, usually two Preordain to get a total of 10 cantrips minimum for these 80 card decks. We actually went down to one Preordain and a Path to Exile, which is a relatively rare card to see in Legacy these days. What with the access of Swords to Plowshares and Prismatic Ending, which we do have for Prismatic Ending or sorts of Plowshares. shares. Apparently,
1: you need nine removals. And spells.
0: McWinsaw said he needed one more targeted removal spell. Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: look at the top eight. The top eight is Reanimator, which targeted removal is very yep. good against.
0: You can absolutely have a land.
1: And then elves and blue red Delver.
0: Yep. That's In which the top case, eight. like you know, you, and him, <laughs> you need, uh, you need that Merktide gone. You need that Ragavan gone. You need yep. that Allosaur Shepherd gone. So makes sense.
1: Well, and that's the thing as well. When you're playing against the Delver decks, you can't expect your Swords to Power. Pl- you can't. You cannot guarantee your swords to plowshares is gonna actually work. Exactly. You need enough of them and you need to yep. be hitting them often.
0: That was my big complaint last week on why I don't like playing against these decks. Is it usually takes two or three tries to kill the first creature, and by the time you're done, you're out of kill creature. spells and then they have a murktide.
1: Yep. Did uh have the last couple lists of this been run in Sylvan Library?
0: Yes. Okay. It's very common because it, yes. it just the Sylvan just- Library Urra loop is just too good. Yeah. Once I mean, obviously, the Sylvan Library letting you dig through your deck, pairing it with Fetch Lands to not even maybe lose life. Yep. And then once you get Uro online, it's a joke to where like you're gaining six life a turn or four life a turn. Oh yeah. So,
1: next up we've got Blue Red Delver running two Delver Secrets again that hidden tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, this list looks almost identical to the one we talked I'm, about before.
0: Yeah, without without comparing like lands, this is the same list I believe. Yep.
1: And then the next one is Blue Red Delver. This one is kicking in a little old school.
0: Worth mentioning in these lists, um, we are running Lightning Bolts over Unholy Heat. So they're
1: they're really running Gut Shot over Unholy
0: Heat. Yeah, they've replaced Unholy heat with Gut Shot, which is a big difference. I mean, Gut Shot's one damage, Unholy Heat is usually six. Yeah, Yeah, four bolts and two Gut Shots in place of it. But, oh, we're actually jumping back to one Gut Shot, one Forked Bolt. Yep,
1: uh, Duncan 90, not only is he running a Forked Bolt, which is... Totally, last year we've got True Name Nemesis and Young Pyromancer.
0: Wow,
1: this deck looks like Delver built to beat Delver.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, so, True Name Nemesis in a Delver deck is, in my opinion, a clear indicator that that's your Mirror Breaker because Delver outside the stack just has nothing to do with a True Name well, and we'll and lose to it. Young
1: Pyromancer, like being able to grind. Can you imagine? And I know this isn't going to happen very often. There's only one Young Pyromancer in the deck. You got a Young Pyromancer. And then you cast expressive iteration.
0: <laughs> the value. The <laughs> <That's> value. <nuts. laughs>
1: that guy's kicking a little old school. Uh, still has... Uh, he doesn't have DRC. That's what he cut. He cut DRC for the uh, Young Pyro and True Names. And one Merc tied.
0: In my opinion, that's the wrong decision.
1: I hesitate Me. to use that exact word. But yeah, I I can't say you're wrong there either, Jake. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But again... What I'm thinking he's doing is he's going to try to beat the Delver deck. That's true. So he's going, everybody else is going to be, our, be on DRC. Now, yes. if I were him, I personally would probably rather have DRC than Delver of Secrets.
0: Yeah. I can see trying to be like wonder, tricky. Oh, well, I wonder if it's the inherent and very real cost that DRC has to attack. You know, yep. there's a lot of times where you have to throw your DRC into a murktide just yep. because and that is a downside to the card. So maybe that's what he's kind of leaning on. The filtering though is just so very much good. worth it. Especially when you're running one of one or two of. Like using DRC to filter to your true name is such a big deal. But Duncan 90 obviously did a phenomenal job and piloted yep. Zach very well. He knows what he's doing. Yep.
1: So just to give you guys a heads up, we are gonna go we're gonna cover the top ten this week as opposed to the top eight, mm-hmm. just to kind of prove a point. Top nine.
0: Tenth is I don't know, we don't need, need to talk about bug. Um, but yeah, it's just then yeah. we've
1: got blue red delver again.
0: Yeah. Uh, What's the rest of the decks, just to, just out of curiosity?
1: And then blue red delver again. Uh huh. And then in tenth we've got basically I and went until we had a non blue red. That's gotcha. why. I, then yeah. we've got doomsday.
0: S- six, seven, eight, and ninth, and second, and second, we're all blue red delver decks. Correct. Fifty percent of the top ten. Yeah,
1: that was fifty percent of the top eight. Oh, it's true. Like, yep, sure is. Again, I know we talk about this all the time, but like, so we got fifty percent of the top eight as delver and three of the other decks are decks that are incredibly good against elver.
0: Yep. Yeah, this this so the meta obviously looks kind of bad and so does the top 8 right. looks pretty bad. The, Although I, you know I I you know I'm going to say this. I can't say that. I was going to say the meta looks bad. I'm guessing the meta looks bad. We don't have meta yeah, it, data for this week. The We don't have deck breakdowns, but we do have card breakdowns. We do. Um the the information wasn't pulled very well this week for MTG Goldfish, which it happens. But so I will not I will not comment on the metagame summary because I don't have one. But the top eight summary sucks. I will
1: say this. This is just a quick aside. If I knew I was setting down against Slaterade playing Reanimator after this tournament, I'd be worried. He just piloted through the top eight of Delver Delver. He probably played Delver in almost every matchup in, yeah. except the That's the, crazy. Like, that's got to be obnoxious mm-hmm. as a reanimator player to be like, mm. "Yep, yeah, my opponent's just main deck six Force of Wills. Yep. Let's see if we can get this figured out.
0: Six Force of Wills and four Wastelands. Right. I run 14 lands. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> that guy, very good with reanimators. Yes. That's our top 10 uh, most played cards. This is kind of where we'll kind of be able to guess our...
0: In case people care, I took a quick look at 8th and ninth Blue Red Delver almost carbon copies.
1: Yeah, there was one true name nemesis in them.
0: Yeah, like those are almost carbon copies we've already seen. So we, we didn't we didn't talk about them. Those are almost the exact same deck you've seen. Maybe a true name here or there. Yeah. So we'll go through our most played cards.
1: Yep, most played cards. Uh, and just so we can, this will kind of give us our hint at what a metagame breakdown we've, mm-hmm. we're looking at. We've got Force of Will in 59% of decks in the first one. And this is the top 32. So many. Brainstorm in 56%. Ponder in 56%. Days in 34%. Ragavan is twenty eight percent of decks. So twenty eight percent of the top thirty two. Hey Matt, is a Ragavan deck
0: the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth card? Ninth up most played cards: Blue Red Delver. Yeah, those are all least, Blue. Red, those are Blue Red Delver. Plus cards. other
1: stuff, but yes. Yeah,
0: but yeah. Force of Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Days, Ragavan, Expressive Iteration, Force of Negation, Merktide Regent, and Pyroblast. One through nine. Those are all blue red delver cards right
1: and then you've got green sun zenith which makes sense given elves and the uh, zenith decks running around yep yeah that's that's pretty, just brutal pretty funny <laughs> like i don't i mean it's it's the same top 10 of most played that we see almost every week but when you see it really like driven home like this like hey guys you know those past couple tournaments where it's been kind of eh, not i don't want to say good but like eh, yeah good enough
0: Defendable. It's been defendable.
1: Yeah, it's at least been like, okay. Well, I can see why they're not jumping the gun to ban Uh something. Like, and you
0: shouldn't jump the gun to ban something because of this one. No. But who? He looks bad. That's that's ugly. This was a bad Sunday to play Legacy. Unless
1: you're an Elves player. Yeah, unless you're an Elves
0: (laughs) player or a Delver player. Yep. Delver mirrors can be fun.
1: Got a shit-eating grin on their face, like, oh no, not another (laughs) Ragaband. How will I ever deal with that Uh with my deck of thirty-two, one ones? Yep. (laughs) Uh, Top creatures. The only thing that's really interesting here is Oro in Fifth. Oro yep. and Ice Fang, in and Fifth.
0: Yep. Dragavan, uh, Murktide, DRC. Yeah. Same for stuff. For second, third.
1: Top spells, same stuff. Force Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Days, Expressive Iteration. Yep. Almost
0: the exact same list.
1: Lotus Petal made it the top 10. Let
0: so me tell you the truth, Matt. Legacy looks pretty bad. Now, I heard of some chatter on Reddit. And I usually don't give this kind of chatter any, like, credence. This is basically we have a group of people getting together in the Legacy community and talking about promoting their own format. This obviously isn't the first and this has happened. You have things like middle school. You yep. have things like pre-war the spark. You have things like pre-modern. These kind of like insulated groups where it's non-wizard sanctioned, but it's a, just a people decided they want to play a certain form of magic. Now you dug into this a lot more than me. I'm yeah. i to kind of push it over to you. Uh, what is MTG Heritage?
1: So MTG Heritage is kind of, uh, I didn't catch the name of the guy who came up with it or made the post. Um but it's his solution to the current problems that Legacy is facing, and not just with Modern Horizons 2. So what it is, it's a format where, kind of like Legacy, in that it's an internal format, so everything back from Alpha forward, except any set that did not go through Standard. So any so supplemental No set. supplemental products at all. No Commander, no Modern Horizons, no secret layers, none of that stuff. So what this does is it gives old-school players like me kind of what we've been asking for. Does it have unsets in it? It does not because yeah. that's a supplemental set as that's well. That's a big one for me. <laughs> so like I like I was doing some reading about it and there, you know it, it's getting a little bit of traction mm-hmm. and I wanted to make sure we talked about it because A, I think at least the spirit of it is like knocked it out of the park with what's legal in my opinion as opposed to something like pre-modern. So the problem with pre-modern is it's never going to get any new cards and we don't like Legacy players as a whole don't want to never see new cards, but the new cards that are coming from these supplemental uh, products are wildly unbalanced. Yep. And I I mean, anybody who tries to deny that is just, in my opinion, wrong. Like, there's Mm -hmm. no arguing that, like, Ragavan is a balanced card. He may be okay, given, you know, in a certain metagame or whatever.
0: So in modern, he's fine.
1: Currently. But even then, we're starting to see some rumblings in modern, too.
0: Yeah. But, so, like, like, in modern, he's not a huge problem, but in Legacy like legacy has
1: context, he's an okay card, yeah
0: and with in combination with other cards, he's not yeah, he's probably really cool in cube a, <laughs> he's, he's a, really he's a really swingy card. that could be a yeah. lot of fun,
1: um, so it eliminates a lot of that stuff while still giving you a slowly changing format, which is what legacy players want. So at least in my opinion, and we've discussed this before, the reason I play legacy is because it has these old cards. The fact that Modern and Legacy look so similar to me is a problem. MTG Heritage would look nothing like Modern. Mm-hmm. Like, Modern is dominated, for better or worse, by Modern Horizons 1 and 2. Yep. Like, that's just a fact. There's yep. no debating that at all. Nope. Now, the metagame seems to be relatively diverse. People seem, for the most part, to be happy with its current state, but that doesn't... And that's fine. That's modern. Mm-hmm. We don't want modern and legacy to look the same. Well,
0: they don't have. Yeah, they still don't have to. Like right. it's, That is that isn't something that I would like be aggressively avoiding, but it 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 doesn't look great when they look right. the same. Well, like, I, don't, I don't think you should design a format to be like, it cannot look like that format. Correct.
1: But the, the, the issue happens with these two particular formats together. If legacy looks a lot like modern, what that means is by definition, is Modern cards are being played in Legacy because Legacy cards can't be played in Modern.
0: I would restructure the argument that it isn't that Modern looks like Legacy, it's that Modern and Legacy look like MH2. Right. So it's this one set. This one set is just dominating. It is.
1: And there's been other instances of it as well, not nearly to this degree, but when they first, uh, for example, the Eldrazi Winter, when Mm -hmm. those cards came out, they were all over Legacy hogak same thing hogak was all over legacy now again that didn't lead to any if i remember correctly anything banned in legacy but like that's almost kind of a little bit of a reverse where modern was playing with it was like was designed with modern in mind but modern players were basically playing with a legacy deck <laughs> yep. at that point so those two should in my opinion if you're not seeing the legacy specific cards being played a lot in legacy that's a problem like they should be the highlight that's why we're playing it yep. and that's why i've always argued against the banning of days days isn't legal in any other format i mean it's legal in, but like you know what i mean and it doesn't count right <laughs> sorry vintage guy in <laughs> yeah eastern europe or western europe sorry um but so like you don't ban days so that ragavan can stick around if you want to play Ragavan, you play the format where ragavan was designed for he was mm-hmm. designed for modern go play him in modern MTG's heritage solves a lot of these problems by just going all these problem cards. They're just not legal anymore, yeah. and they still have a ban list. And the ban list, at least as far as I know, is going to be. This may change, so you know, if don't quote me on this. Oh yeah, th- but the ban list is at least at the start supposed to be the same legacy ban list as it currently is now, obviously excluding the cards that aren't even legal.
0: Yep, I think that's a good decision. I don't think uh, I don't think we should have the inception of a new format and also have the inception of a new ban list. I think, it's a pretty radical change. You're yeah. already doing a big change. I think one big change is enough. And just for perspective on people listening, like, like we're talking about like, things like force of negation isn't aren't, aren't legal. The yep. elementals aren't legal. Ragavan's not legal. Hogak's uh-huh. not legal.
1: Going to say Uro, but he's actually Uro is legal. Yeah, he's in Throne of Eldrin. But I mean, maybe he's something that controlled. You see
0: some huge huge shakeups in... Like, or Shepard's not legal. Alisora Shepard's like in, in some of the top tier decks in terms of some really powerful pieces they use, they they lose. And the idea of this being that, you know, it's it's okay if everybody loses some big pieces because we all kind of get knocked back down to a, a more, a, a lower power level because we things have just kind of been elevated so much lately. Right. That's the big problem. That's what people are so upset about. The reason Ragavan wins games is because games are over on turn three. If, if they're at least decided. They're decided by turn three. You know, if... If Ragavan was introduced in a format that the games normally go to turn seven, he's okay. I mean, he's okay, but he's an early game threat that you can answer probably. But when he has gotten the game, when the game is ready to be ended by around turn three because of him and the cards that support him, the problem. Yeah. So removing him and removing the cards that help support him could be, well, I shouldn't say that because we're not moving, we're not moving all the cards that support, right. him, but removing the cards that just accelerate this game so much, I think, is what a lot of us are looking forward to. Right, like, and
1: it, it gets rid of, I mean, one of the true-name nemesis, I don't know if you said that or not, but true-name nemesis oh, goes, which yep. legacy players, like we were talking about, and a lot of legacy players have kind of gotten used to, and I mean, after the current, uh, you know, top eight or whatever, you might be like, well, maybe true-name nemesis isn't that bad of a card, mm-hmm. given that Murktide, DRC, and Ragavan exist, we look at, oh, we costs three mana for a three-one,
0: okay. Well, I mean, here's the thing, like, it's just perspectives have been so skewed yeah that's like, what i mean you know, you, uh trina nemesis and plague engineer those are egregiously designed cards that shouldn't exist i get that they're way worse than ragavan and drc but they still they're still exist. egregiously designed and shouldn't exist like, and to me because like that's like saying you know i broke my finger and then got shot in the shoulder right it's like well my finger doesn't hurt anymore well the big thing
1: with me as far as those types of cards is like Legacy has a lot of incredibly powerful cards that were the either a designed bef- like Brainstorm was designed before fetches, So like Brainstorm, yeah. if we, if you don't have fetches, is mostly okay, right? Yep. It's still a good card, and I mean, I know it's awesome playing and historic and whatnot, but I mean, obviously, shuffling your deck was still like people at this point know the power of Brainstorm. Yeah, but, I, was, but I, what I'm saying is like cards like Plague Engineer and. Oko and Ragaban, these are not design mistakes. These are intentionally pushed cards to sell packs. Mm-hmm. Lion's Eye Diamond is a design mistake. Yep. Skull Clamp is a design mistake. Yeah. Like those are oops, and then they create something interesting. Now, whether or not that's too powerful, like, you know, obviously Skull Clamp is banned. Yep. But like, whether or not that's too powerful, it's it's an accidental interesting interaction rather than pay one mana and get eight lines of text. Like mm-hmm. that's not an accident. That's not a design mistake. That's an intentional choice it, to make a pushed card. They just
0: kept adding things to that card because right. it's a new set and they want to make money on well, it. Well,
1: there's a little bit of room left at the bottom of the card. Give it dash.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, no kidding. We
1: didn't fill the text box. So we give got it one dash. more line. Right. So like getting rid of the supplemental sets gets rid of a lot of these things. It's- obviously every now and then you're going to get a set like throne of eldraine which still introduces some broken yep. it, cards but that'll be at a much lower rate it
0: does kind of suck because like i mean you lose hogak like you're gonna you lose some decks yeah there, there's some decks that you, just you, know, you lose that. a lot of diversity you lose some really cool cards from commander that i'm sad to see go you know you lose like i was really excited to play before murktai got spoiled i was excited to play with octavia living thesis as like mm-hmm. a control finisher this 10 mana 8 8 with ward 8 but if you have eight incense or sorceries in your graveyard, it only costs blue-blue. So yeah. that was a two-mana 8-8 eight eight that you had to really work for. That's gone. And, you know, things like Retrofitter Foundry are gone. Now, yep. obviously, Urza Saga is also gone. But you definitely lose a lot of cool toys. But I think the juice is worth the squeeze here. Like... I agree. We're losing enough things that are, in my opinion, and I think most people would agree, genuine problems with Legacy... Now the collateral damage is some really cool cards. Like I think Hogek's a cool card in in terms of the Legacy format. I think Hogek's awesome. Yeah, there's, I'm he, sad to see that go. That's he, the funny uh, thing. Madness, is he was
1: designed in Modern.
0: Madness is probably gone.
1: Yeah, Madness is gone because
0: you're losing your eight Wallas. You, yep. you know, you only have four Wallas again. Like it sucks to lose that stuff. But no one's playing Legacy. I think something should change. And this is this is the this is the perfect solution where. Wizards is unwilling to, at least in a timely manner, come out and change these things. And they're definitely unwilling to change their printing practices in terms of literally putting unsets into legacy. The best way to answer that is for us as a collective to just get up and say, well, we'll just do something different then.
1: Yeah. Until you fix this, we're going to play No one's
0: burning down Wizards HQ. We're just saying like, well, we'll just go play with our own ban list, essentially. Our own own set of legal cards.
1: And player-driven, player-created and driven formats have had success in the past. They're usually much smaller, but I mean, the biggest format in Magic right now started, that's EDH, Commander, started as a player format.
0: There was one, yeah, there was one way they used to play where they would all get together in between D&D and play Elder Dragon Highlander. Right. And it has now become the most popular way to play Magic. Right. So.
1: I'm personally excited. I'm, uh, the big thing, if you're uh, interested in checking out, check out their Discord. Uh, There's a link on, there's also a MTG Heritage website now. Gotcha. Um, so if you go on the legacy subreddit, this is again we're kind of back in the weeds a little bit. But if you go on the legacy subreddit, there's a post talking about it, and there's some like links and whatnot. But it's like, if it's you Google me. MTG Heritage, yeah. I mean I'll do it
0: right now. You'll get you'll get there, and that's you know, like I said, we're kind of we're still kind of in beta testing of a new format. We're kind of getting things. I shouldn't say we. We are not associated with this, other than we're no. we're supporting it. I take no credit. Matt takes no credit to the people that are getting this going and putting the work in. But it's brand new. It's starting, and so. I'm not necessarily willing to throw my horse in this race, and be. And I'm not throwing my. I'm not not necessarily pretending this this is the solution. But I'm looking at it as a really cool thing that is something I'm interested in seeing what happens. And it doesn't take anything from you or me or from Matt to let it be successful. What it might mean is if they have a Discord and they start running semi regular tournaments through MTG Melee, hop in and play some. You know, yep. you it's easy to look up what the ban list and the legal list is going to be build some legacy decks around it based on, I mean, you could literally hop back to pre-war the spark and get you a solid template there and just yep. add some cards to it.
1: Play. So just so everybody knows, you go to mtgheritage.com. Gotcha. It's right there. They have an FAQ giving you a good description of what's going on. Um, the, uh, they've got like the ban list and stuff like that. Yep. So check out that website if you're curious about it. Um, I'm on the discord now. So like
0: it's 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 an interesting solution. It's the perfect solution to a problem like this where the timing
1: it, of it's perfect. In, yeah, like the the like it's hit the like the peak of this kind of crap yep. going well, on. In legacy. Our
0: frustration is crescendoing and yes, and like this is this is not just two guys in a basement yelling at the world. This is a group of people. I'm making fun of us specifically, yeah, oh, but yeah. this is a group of people who have taken their frustrations and done something productive it, with them. Put it towards a productive a productive solution. So. I'm really excited to see where this goes. Matt brought it up to me a couple days ago, and he was like, "Do you think we could bring it up?" And I was like, "Absolutely, we should talk about MTG At the heritage. very least, I
1: mean, we're we are functionally a, a news podcast, and in eternal formats, a new eternal format is news. Yep, at and the I, and I think it's bare I, minimum.
0: I think it's a really cool idea for a new eternal format for sure. Yep. Is there anything else you want to cover on MTG heritage?
1: No, I think we're good on heritage and legacy. There's it's. You know there's not really a ton to talk about when, yeah. half your top eights one deck.
0: I didn't want to talk about the top eight, like, like we, we did a whole like, 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 like meta discussion last week because the top eights were kind of the top eights had been interesting. This one is not something like looks particularly interesting to talk about. Elves and Delver showed up, cool, yep. So we'll hop over to modern. It's gonna be a short episode this week, guys, because there's just not as much to talk about. We actually got a quiet week, which I'm not terribly upset about. Yeah, wizards
1: didn't break anything this week, yeah, they took a but few weeks off of just- there's just the one guy at Wizard just sweeping up broken glass from last week. Yep, <laughs> like.
0: That's all it's there. Everyone else is on. You know, the reason we haven't gotten any crazy new announcements is it's Christmas vacation, probably. Yeah. <laughs> they're taking some weeks off. So don't expect a ban now time soon. Hopping into the modern meta, I maintain still. Modern looks great. Modern's a ton of fun. I played five or six games, just in the free queue. And obviously the free queue is a lot different than the uh, than leagues. I just have. I just don't have time for leagues, but tons of fun to be had. So first place was our Yorian ETB Tribal deck. This is your Yorian Elementals, a two thousand dollar modern deck according to MTG Goldfish. I will note that costs less than most eighty card Death About and taxes. About how much
1: it cost? Uh, for Black Red Reanimator.
0: <laughs> so Black Red Reanimator like list. That guy's
1: list. that yep. uh. So you could whatever.
0: you could buy two tier one ish decks in Legacy for the price of this modern deck. Yep. Other than that. There is one kind of interesting addition to this that I saw, and it was a single Wandering Mind. Now, this card, while just an okay card in general, I'll read it, one red, blue, for a 2-1 with flying. When Wandering Mind enters the battlefield, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a non-creature, non-land from among them, and put it into your hand, Put the rest on the bottom in any order. So, three mana to look six cards deep for a non-creature, non-land, pretty good. The first place I saw this getting played was aspiring Spike had took his reanimator list and turned it into a Yorion list with wandering Minds to help find basically any pieces you need so he flexed into red where it was a Esper list and picked up wandering Minds along with some other things to see it bounce into this list is interesting it's like other people are playing with it and I also don't know if maybe aspiring Spike got it from someone else. I just saw it first there with him because he has a lot of brewing and he has a lot of streaming um other than that i didn't see a ton of crazy new stuff in this particular Yorion ETB tribal deck.
1: That looks relatively stock.
0: Yep. Obviously an incredibly powerful deck. I mean, one of the most powerful things to be doing if you have the time to do it. Speaking of having the time to do it, we've got two Grixis Shadow lists in second and third. Looking at these, they both look pretty similar, in my opinion, and they both look pretty stock. I didn't see really anything that was crazy, um, Spicy in these particular lists, either in mainboard or sideboard. Matt's kind of going through them right now as I am I, yeah. to see if he sees anything interesting. You know, the, some of the numbers are tweaked here and there, but I mean, like for the most part, these mainboards are almost identical. Yeah. And, you know, your sideboards are always build the taste. Uh, Grixis Shadow bringing up two lists in this top eight after last week, I think having three lists in the top eight. Like for whatever reason, Grixis Shadow is hot, hot right now. Everyone's playing Grixis Shadow or Red Black.
1: I was worried about. and uh, I think we've talked about it before, but I was worried about solitude kind of just taking Death Shadow out of the format. You'd think, <laughs> but it just doesn't seem to be the case. Well, here's the thing: mean, we talked about like
0: it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, yeah like because this isn't like it's in not Legacy a Shadow List. In Legacy, you used to see Death Shadow lists where Death Shadow was the finisher, and if you lost your shadows, you were kind of up shit's creek. Yeah, and these are just really powerful decks for Ragavan, for DRC, and two Kroxa. They just happen to run two one mana thirteen thirteens or twelve yep. twelve, whatever they are. Well, they can be 1313s with dress down.
1: Fifth place, good, giant growth.
0: Yeah, <laughs> fourth place was not a particularly interesting list to me. It was Crashcade, and again, looking through it, I didn't see anything particularly special in this crash in this Crashcade list. You've got your four starless agent and your four violent outbursts to fuel your crashing footfall shenanigans. Beyond that, it is a Crashcade list. The the big downside to the to uh, running Cascade is it is very limiting on what you can play because you're you're to to force a hit, you can't play anything that costs less than three. On its face. And there's obviously ways to get around that with things like, you know, Brazen Bar, because you have that two mana petty theft, things like Dead and Gone and Fire Nice, and because they check the CMC of both together. Like the deck construction of these decks is very limited because you're you can't have anything less than three, except for some weird adventure cases or some weird split cards. But didn't see anything particularly crazy there. Fifth place was the interesting list I want to talk about, which is this Grixis control deck that in my opinion the guy who registered this has some of the biggest cojones I've ever seen when it comes to a uh, top eight. So this Grixis list with a Luris Companion is running four Ragavan, four Snapcaster, and that's it. Yeah, no Planeswalkers. No Planeswalkers. And then it runs three Culligan's Command and two Lightning Bolt. And after that, there is no way for this deck to hurt you. Unless it casts its Ragavans, its Snapcasters, its we- Luris. Or one of, I mean, Culligan's Command, the worst shock you could get, or two Lightning Bolts, this deck can't touch you. And so, obviously, it's a control deck. It's got, I think I added up, between 9 and 13 pieces of targeted removal, counting like Culligan's Commands and Lightning Bolts and Unholy Heats and Drown the Locks. Yep,
1: and you're going to reuse those with Snapcaster
0: Mage. You yep, Snapcaster Mage getting you value out of them, Luris letting you reuse your Snapcaster and reuse your Ragavans. So I'm... <laughs> The deck is good at controlling, but I just, the top end on this deck is so low. Whereas you have things like Kroxa as a 6-6, um, Murktide as a 8-8. I'm really
1: kind of surprised it doesn't have one.
0: I have Kroxa. no idea why there's no Croxa in this. There's obviously got to be reasons, but like, holy cow, guys. Ballsy. Yeah. Was- I, I thought it was hilarious. I saw this like I, I looked over it like once, twice, three times, and I was like, how does this deck win? Because uh,
1: we had added it up. At most, you can have 13 power on the board. Yeah
0: that's what the four, four snap, snap casters, casters Luris, one and one ragavan, one ragavan and one lurus you can yeah you can never attack for more than 13 in one turn i mean obviously it was kind of a silly thing to say but yeah. like the funny response is or you could just cast your second murktide and make a 13 13 flying right tsp gendrick cool list dude yeah uh, i feel that i do well. want to jump back uh ryan Wu won. I, I did not give him the proper credit with his etb Yorion tribal list sixth place was a really cool like ella domri's call um Yorion ETB list so we still have Yorion and Flicker Effects with Ephemerate and a lot of ele- or a lot of elementals with Fury and Solitude and Omnath we pick up uh, I think more Planeswalkers and is kind of traditional for those decks but we also pick up an Eladomri's Call package so we got four Eladomri's Call and some really interesting one-ofs to tutor up. Matt and I were talking about it before the show how like in my opinion these like these cards are so silver bullety and so narrow that I don't even think they warrant spots in the deck. Now, they're only one-ofs. There's, there's in particular, three one-ofs that you're having, an, you're having an 80-card list that probably isn't going to come up very often, but you've got a Valky God of Lies, which Matt brought up is probably there because it is a tutorable Planeswalker. Now, my argument to that is, well, the Valky isn't that good, and Tybalt on the back is okay, but he isn't that good of a Planeswalker, and if you're going to tutor up a seven-mana planeswalker, You could also tutor up any seven mana creature and probably there are better things. I mean, like if you're looking at these like any creature that for seven mana, like Sarah's Emissary is a seven mana creature and that's three white. So it's harder to cast, but seven mana Archon of Cruelty is only eight mana. Like these, those creatures are very castable if you're tutoring up a seven mana. And I don't know that Valky holds that spot better. In my opinion, Renegade Rallier is a one green white for a, a three, two, and it has revolt. When it ETBs, if one of your permanents left the battlefield, then you can get a permanent with CMC 2 or less back onto the field from your graveyard, which equates to literally a Ragavan, a Valky, or a Six. So it's o- or a land. It's okay, but, I mean, you're paying 5 mana for that if you are tutoring it up. You're paying 2 mana for the Aldomri's Call and a card to then play the Renegade Rallyer. Now, you could flicker it and start getting extra value back, but... I don't know if Renegade Rallyer warrants the deck space. It's an okay card, and it's, it has its uses, but I'm not sure it, like, warrants the the spot.
1: Yeah, so I was just looking at the list, and it does have Bring to Light, mm. which does give you a little bit more flexibility, and if I'm remembering this correctly, with Bring to Light, you can actually cast uh, the back of Valky and cast Tybalt. That with it. changes so it. It makes Tybalt cost five, effectively, well, to if, directly tutor him onto
0: play. Yeah, five and tutoring, it's a big difference. Yeah. So that that that... I, I take back what I said. The I need, I I looked right over the Bring Delight. I saw Expect Federation to stop reading. Yeah, Bring Delight really changes that. So now I take it back what I said. Like seeing the Valkyrie there makes a lot of sense. because thing with
1: the Obsidian Charm all.
0: Valky on turn five isn't too bad. Like Bring Delight's you
1: know? actually pretty cool with Fury, Solitude, and stuff like that. Like Yeah.
0: That's pretty sweet. Yeah.
1: So this is just, you know, again, just a kind of like an additional thing. Bring Delight mm-hmm. lets you cast anything in your deck
0: pretty sweet if you have all five colors yeah it's kind of it hard to... like this deck is it has them but you have to have all five colors when you go to cast it yeah. um but the, and the other card he mentioned is obsidian charma which again does gain some value when you can bring the light it out so obsidian charma is a basically a five mana four four with flying that when it etbs you can destroy target non basic land uh it has this rider clause where it costs less if your opponent has lands that tap for colorless yeah basically anti-tron yep so Honestly, the Bring to Light makes those decisions a lot uh more clear. So I can't take it back what I said. Like, like in my opinion, these cards are still very silver bulletish, but having the extra ways to tutor them out immediately into play definitely changes my mind on how good those potentially are.
1: Yeah, use the call for some of the cheaper dudes and your bring to light for some of the bigger. I mean,
0: I mean so, uh, Elodomri's call for solitude and fury just gets you out of a lot of binds. Oh, absolutely. So
1: I take that back. Especially now, this is something that a lot of people might not expect, Eladomri's Call's an instant. It is. So, it's I mean, it's it's really is
0: Worldly Tutor for two.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's better than Worldly Tutor. Worldly Tutor puts it on the
0: top of your deck. Or does this? Eladomri's Call's also to the top.
1: No, it's put it into your hand.
0: It is? Yeah, so two that's mana That's way better.
1: for a tutorable solitude.
0: Yeah, that's way better. <laughs> so
1: Ella, Oh, you're gonna swing with Merktide. Uh Eladomri's Call, exile, solitude.
0: Yep. Yeah, that, that's a, a, that's, cool. a that, that's a lot more powerful. I, I saw the Eladomri's Call coming in for I mean, four Furies, four yeah. Salt. Like, like L. Diamond's call is a great card. I just, I thought the, the it was a weird choice to give up deck slots for these kind of weird one ofs mm-hmm. that I wouldn't think I want to tutor up very often. But, again, with the Bring to Light putting them into play, that, that changes things quite a bit. Yeah, about the only one, the Rallier is about the only one that's just kind of... It's a weird choice. But now we're at the point where it's a one. Yeah. You know, when I was looking at if, in my opinion, we had three creatures that probably shouldn't be here, that's a lot, even for an 80-card deck. Going down to one card, that's one iffy card in an 80-card deck is fine. I mean, one iffy card in a 60-card deck is probably fine. I'm dumb. Everyone can roast me in the comments. Matt does anyway. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Seventh and eighth place are both Hammer Time lists. Seventh place was a Lurus Hammer Time. Eighth place was a non-Lurus Hammer Time. So we've settled it here and now. We, we know for a fact which is the better version. Obviously, Lurus. No. Obviously, we don't know that. <laughs> In my personal opinion, I think the Luris decks are better than the non-Luris builds. Looking at this Luris list, um, I didn't see anything particularly interesting about it. It looks like a very common, very standard Hammer Time list.
1: The about the only interesting thing to me with that is it's. Good, I'm glad to see that Hammer Time can perform without Luris.
0: It definitely can. I mean, eighth place. It definitely can. Now, looking at this eighth place Luris list, or sorry, non-Luris list. You literally get two cards in the main. You get a cyst and a Sword of Fire and Ice in the main. Now, those are very good cards. cyst is like an extra cranial plating, and it's a cranial plating that makes a dude on ETB yeah. that can also get fetched out with Stoneforge. Pretty good. Yep. And Sword of Fire and Ice is unarguably one of the best swords ever printed. But I don't know if running them in the main is worth not getting to run Luris, because presumably in the main, or sorry, your main deck is your game one, and you're planning on getting hammer out and punching someone in the face with a hammer time. And neither of those cards works towards that end, particularly. Those are good grinding cards for end game. And if those aren't working towards your game one strategy, I don't know why you don't move them to the side or take them out, put Luris in and give you a better chance of making that turn or that game one strategy work with the ability to in the late game rebuy all your pieces. Now, presumably you're in the late game no matter what, because you have the late game you're using Luris or you have the late game where you're using A nettle cyst or sword of fire and ice and maybe that was just the decision they made where if they're going into the late game turn one they'd rather have a nettle cyst to go fetch versus buying a lurus into your hand and then replaying your enablers and replaying your hammers yeah it's basically you're really
1: just trading overall power for a little bit more versatility like the swords are good Mm -hmm. so you you're effectively picking up a couple cards in the main, but it allows you to run a few more cards in the side, like, he's got Sword of Sinu Sen- uh, and Steel, War and Peace.
0: It's true. So, like, the,
1: you get a couple extra cards, so you can bring in a couple silver
0: bullets yeah, you, against anybody. Yeah, you are more prepared to to bring in those cards. Now, the seventh place list doesn't, but I have seen a lot of Lurus lists that just run the swords in the side yeah. and just don't reveal Lurus for games two and three if they yeah. need to, and that's what I would do with this, is I would run Lurus in the main, I would put my swords in the side and my analysis in the side, and The games where I want to be able to go long and grind out, and I think that's a better strategy than Luris, I just would put them in and not reveal a Yeah. But, you know, we every week I like to point out that I didn't put a single list in the top eight, so I sit here and critique these players on what they chose to play and what I think I would have done differently, but I give the utmost respect and praise to the people that showed up on Sunday and pwned noobs. So the metagame summary for Modern is also kind of, whacked out because mtg goldfish isn't working but we can hit top uh, the most played cards mistress bobble ragavan expressive iteration unholy heat and stoneforge mystic funny to see two or three of the same cards from legacy uh, in there uh, i like seeing stoneforge in the top five i love stoneforge yeah. i i i um i'm debating selling my extra underground sea to uh i want to put some money towards um if julian listens i think my wife and i really want to take a safari like i'm talking to julian about the prices and whatnot like I kind of want to start saving for that. I might put some money towards that. I might take like a couple hundred bucks out and basically build a Zorius Stoneforge in modern, which is kind of funny that I can sell one legacy card and get most of the pieces for a modern deck. Yeah,
1: most of the pieces you don't already have. Because I already have
0: a bunch of them. But yeah, Yeah. you can buy a lot of a modern deck with $800 um, because I have my Stoneforge and I really want to use them. The top creatures. Is there any
1: particular reason you don't just build Hammer Time?
0: I don't like Hammer Time. Gotcha. Um, I have played with it a little bit online. I've watched it be played a lot. I don't. I just don't like it. You don't typically speaking like those all-in strategies. I don't. Um,
1: But the only time you have is reanimator. But reanimator I, does a pretty good job typically speaking of protecting itself.
0: It, it can. Um, But I mean, even in Legacy, like I played reanimator for a while and I enjoyed it. And I sold it. Yeah. I sold out of reanimator because I just got tired of. I got tired of being glass cannony and just losing. Mm-hmm. Just be. I mean. Obviously, a big part of that is me being an inexperienced player. I'm I'm much better now than I was then, but even now I still don't really want to pick it up that much. I would play it and maybe uh, for funsies, but I don't look forward to buying back into Reanimator and having Reanimator. I don't I don't crazy like super glass cannon strategies. Um, that's case in point. The modern Reanimator package I play, it's not glass cannon. I don't. I, you go a little bit down on cards, casting Faithful Mending and whatnot, but I'm not ditching my entire hand. I'm not dumping my cards. I'm not putting myself in an unwinnable position to try and get Archon out on turn 3. If Archon gets killed or removed, by turn 5, I might be able to just cast a Solitude, answer your only problem. Yeah. Then if we go another 2 or 3 turns, if I can hit my land drops by you know flashing back Mendings and stuff, I can just cast an Archon. I've had a lot of games where I just cast Archon and win. Yep. Like, you get to 8 mana and you win the game. I, I personally have moved away from glass cannon style strategies, and hammer time definitely qualifies and that's that's the big reason i don't like to play hammer time
1: i love being the one who knocks <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm about to swing with a 10 10 uh,
1: <laughs> eat a dick yep <laughs> hope you brought some i hope you brought your a game hope yourself hope you have dude.
0: because <laughs> if you don't you're dead yep yeah matt's a very much a make them have it kind of player yep. and i i like how ha- i like playing make them have it but i like having a solid backup plan and yep. Well, that's what I like about Elves so much is it yeah. does have a pretty solid back end. Yep. Elves is the best mixture of a deck that can absolutely win on turn two or win on turn ten. Yep. And it's up to you to decide.
1: Yeah. I and I always make them have it.
0: Yep. I I am less so than Matt, but he you have very much rubbed off on me the the make them have it mentality. There's a lot of games you'll win just because you make them I mean, I I've, I've won a ton of games with Reanimator where it's like, you know, it's turn three. If they have a counterspell or removal spell, this game's over. Uh, You got one?
1: Yep. No? No? Cool. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing, and you'll you'll start to get a little bit better at that if you play control a lot. And I know you have, Mm. but like when you're the control player, a lot of times, like when you're playing the control deck, you're like white knuckling it. I know. I really hope they don't have it this turn because I don't have a way to stop it. But when you're sitting across from a control deck, you're like, oh. They always, they always seem to have yep. it.
0: You're white knuckling it. Yep. Yep. So you just got to be the guy who's willing gotcha. to
1: go natural order. You got to force I, the will or do you do I win?
0: I do like playing control and I do like playing. I have a Zorius control or Jeskai or whatever. I do like playing it, but it is hard on the nerves every time your opponent untaps and okay, they got four lands. Shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you, get, you get a real good poker face. Yep. What you got? Go ahead. No, play it. No, Go
1: ahead. And I do. I, oh. I make them have it. Yep. And I, unless and, I like know for a fact that I'm walking it, yep. like, like you don't want to be an idiot about it. Like if you're seeing them play specific play patterns or whatnot, that would indicate that, uh-huh. that like almost force it to happen. So like, you know, if they, if I cast glimpse and it resolves, they probably don't have natural order. Force a will.
0: Or yeah, force a will. Yeah. It's, it's like, don't you know, if you're playing against a spell pierce, like it's if you're, if they showed you spell piercing game one, if yeah. they're leaving a blue up, don't walk into spell pierce. Correct. Until you, you can. To... but yeah, there's a like. Sometimes it's best just to make them have it because as a control player, I will bluff until I'm dead. Right. <laughs> because you get to you get in this weird limbo where if I don't have it, I lose, and if I do have it, you lose. Who shoots first?
1: Yep. Me.
0: Yep. And almost every time I've started shooting first, and you win more than you lose. Now, legacy is a little different because legacy has. Eight counter eight eight free forces. Well, and the big thing with legacy modern.
1: is every deck that has an answer to a combo, typically speaking, they're running cantrips. So every single turn yeah. that they get, they get to look at three or four cards. Yep. Like and then, the <laughs> odds they're not going to hit one of their six force of wills yep. are pretty low.
0: Yeah, they're not just drawing a card a turn; they're right. drawing four,
1: and they're not drawing random stuff off the top. Nope. They so look like, at
0: three of them. Go, I don't want those. Shuffle them. Right. Get a fresh.
1: So you need to to the Best of your ability. Limit the number of turns your control players get to take.
0: Yep, I agree very much. You Sometimes should, you just gotta go for it. Nope. I, I mean, like I agree with that play style. Don't do it to me though. Yeah. Let <laughs> me have a few extra turns.
1: <laughs> You've gotten plenty of. <laughs> hey,
0: Jake. Natural order. You got it. Oh. Um, <laughs> am I dead? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Top creatures: Ragavan, Stoneforge, Esper Sentinel, Dragon Rage Channeler, and Memnite in fifth. I mean, Hammer Time. Hammer Time is one of the most popular decks in modern. Cut and dry. No affinity. No, I didn't see anything. I didn't see any affinity in the top thirty-two, even. And top spells: Mistress Bobble, Expressive Iteration, Unholy Heat, Lightning Bolt, and Veil of Summer coming in at fifth, a, a relatively new addition to our top spells list. Um, I an incredibly powerful card that comes in with uh, ev- with blue-white being one of the most powerful decks you can be playing.
1: Being Mistress Bobble is the most played card just leaves a bad taste.
0: Yeah, it's not great. But,
1: whatever. Again, I've said it before, and I'll say it again right now. Currently, I wouldn't take literally a single card yeah. out of
0: Monarch. So that, that's just, in my opinion, that's just a, that's just a, a symptom of Lurus. And there's a lot of people that would like to see Lurus banned. At least, the, I mean, or banned as a companion would be really cool. They won't, if they would ever do that. Like... Once Luris goes, Mistress Bobble's probably gone. Like it pairs pretty well with DRC, but well, the, it wouldn't be just the stock four of an ever. DRC
1: I mean, and you've got some Urza saga running around. Mean, do
0: you Go know ahead. how much Mistress Bobble costs on MTGO? They're like 40 bucks a piece. Yeah. As an uncommon that's been reprinted once or twice.
1: For a minute, they were 20 or something in paper. Yeah. This was they a were, while ago. But I think
0: I sold mine for like twelve. Yeah. So that's our modern meta. It I think it looks pretty good. Um, it looks a lot better than legacy. Crixis Shadow is kind of becoming a problem a little bit. Crixis seems to be settling into the right now the most powerful color combination, and it's just this combination of MH two cards with Ragavan and DRC, backed up by the crazy threats of Death Shadow and Kroxa. But I have no doubt that the modern will modern will find a way to resolve around it. Not to mention, if you pull up MTG Top Eight and look at the meta breakdowns, I don't know if any deck has more than six percent. Yeah. So it's like Grixis, Grixis Shadow is, doing, is performing really well, but it's not like everyone's hopping on Grixis Shadow. It's not everywhere. I mean, when I went and played my four or five matches, I played a different deck every time.
1: Yep. Yeah, well, and the, unlike Legacy, the interesting thing here is you can actually see what people ask for a lot of times, where you see modern answering its own problems. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, okay, for a couple weeks, Charbelcher was a thing. Then we tuned our decks to beat Charbelcher. Yep. Now it's not a thing. Well, I mean, Primetime was showing up for a minute. Yep. Cascade was all everywhere for the first couple of weeks after Modern Horizons 2. And these things, Reanimator, mm-hmm. you had that uh uh Arclight Phoenix deck floating around with yep. the four blue cards. Demi Lich. Like, all these decks keep coming and going and waxing and waning because Modern seems, at least in its current state, to be able to answer its own problems.
0: Yep. I think the 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 best example of that is your meta shares. Your meta shares are all relatively low. Everyone has a somewhat even meta share in the top echelon.
1: Yep. That's and good. if I remember correctly, there's not a single deck that has double digits.
0: No, I didn't not that I saw. Cuz like I hopped on, I was building a I was building an a, a online sideboard and I was like, "Man, what do I sideboard against? It's a lot easier to sideboard in legacy when you go, "Oh, it's these three decks." Yep. <laughs> well, Matt, it's a pretty quiet week as far as magic goes. We didn't get any crazy announcements, we didn't get any bans. Um was there anything else you want to talk about this week before I get into the end of our episode? Well, we could always go
1: really deep into the weeds about Final Fantasy XI if you want. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I always
0: recommend everyone check out the Plainstalkers podcast. Like I said before, we are proud members of the Soccer's podcasting network, and you should check out Will and Aramis at Twitch.tv/slash Plainstalkers podcast or join the Discord at discord.plainstalkerspodcast.com. If you do, make sure and drop into our channel at Cantrip Cartel and shoot us a quick hello. If you want to reach out to us more personally, you can hit us. In, you can send us an email at uh, cantripcartel at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group at Cantrip Cartel, and you can also hit us up on Twitter at Cantrip Cartel. We've even got a YouTube channel going. Unfortunately, we don't have enough subscribers to have like a fancy Cantrip Cartel URL. But if you go to YouTube and search Cantrip Cartel, you'll find our channel. And I usually post these episodes on the Tuesday After, So it's usually three or four days after the show comes out. It just takes me a little longer to get them uploaded with my kind of crappy internet. But it gives everyone a chance to just have somewhere else to listen to it in case you want to, you know, have it on while you're doing the dishes or sweeping the floors. Other than that, Matt, is there anything I'm forgetting? MTGHeritage.com. MTGHeritage.com. And with that, I think we will see you guys next week. All right. Have a nice night, guys. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and crack for a volcanic island and pass Ragavan. Surely you don't have days.